0: How investors just doubled their money in this stock. This is Industry Focus. Hi Fools, healthcare analyst Michael Douglas here today for the healthcare edition of Industry Focus. Today is Wednesday, May 6th, and I have on the phone with me Todd Campbell from New Hampshire. Todd, how's it going?
1: Everything's in bloom up here in New Hampshire, which means we're full fledged into allergy season,
0: uh, and and which means that things are getting hot and humid down here in Virginia. Thanks for rubbing it in, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it uh, so it goes. All right. So uh, interesting uh, interesting news in the market today. Actually, uh, Alexion Pharmaceuticals, that's ticker ALXN, uh, reported today that it had agreed to buy uh, Synergiva Biopharma Corp. for $8.4 billion, which is about twice what as market cap had been the day before, uh, which is really an incredible premium, as you can imagine. Um, a, a nice windfall, so congratulations to any Synergiva Biopharma investors out there. You uh, seem to have picked quite the winner. Um, but what I wanted to do today was kind of talk through, talk through um, the deal a little bit, and then you know. Also, let's talk about kind of rare diseases, buyouts, and just kind of how how to think about this kind of thing in healthcare. Um, I think first off, the most important thing for any investor to to know is that you know here at the Motley Fool, and and I would say f- certainly for me personally when I'm investing, and Todd, you can speak to your experience, but. Um, Really, really discourage people from from buying a company because they think it's going to get bought out. Because just all too often that doesn't happen. Um, you know, Shire uh, PLC last year. That's uh, ticker SHPG, I believe. Um, Abvi. Uh, had indicated it was going to buy up Shire. Uh, Shire soared enormously on the news, and then Avi ended up backing out of the deal when uh, tax inversions were uh, made more difficult by the U.S. federal government. Uh, and 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 Shire lost 20 percent in a single day. Uh, and so I think the the, the first the, the key thing, even though we're talking about a buyout and what it, what a great thing it was for Giva bioPharma shareholders, I think one of the key things to remember is that you really shouldn't buy a stock based on the fact that you think it could get bought out. Look at the the underlying business. Hopefully, that means that somebody else wants it because you're you're willing to put your money into it. Hopefully, other companies will want to as well. But that it's important to to pay attention to those underlying business operations and to sort of use that as as the crux of your investment thesis.
1: Yeah, merger mania is not a good strategy. <laughs> um, I mean, you don't you absolutely don't want to just blindly go out and run and buy any biotech that you can. Come across thinking that, wow, there's a 100% premium deal coming down the road. It just doesn't work that way. I mean, in this case, you know, the acquisition, um, there were some real reasons that it was attractive to Alexian. And I think that, you know, sure, we can draw maybe some broad brushstroke conclusions, uh, what that might mean for, you know, some other uh, ultra rare disease players in the mm-hmm. space. But like you said, always better to start with okay, are there drugs currently approved by this company on the market? And how much are they generating in sales? And are those sales growing? Right. What does the balance sheet look like? And then what's coming in the pipeline? What are they working on that's going to fuel growth going forward? Those are the three things that biotech investors really need to be focused on. And, you know, if you're. If people thought that biotechnology stocks were overvalued heading into today, then they really think they're overvalued uh, now. I mean, this deal, $8.4 billion uh, for a company with $0 in sales.
0: Yeah. Not... well, and, and 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 as often happens with biotech buyouts, you know, there's uh, an immediate uh, a lot of commentary from folks saying, well, you know, is that really a fair price for the company? Uh, you know, I've got to say, personally, um, I, I it's hard to say right now um, because so much is as you pointed is going to depend on that pipeline. But the fact of the matter is that Alexion has been really, really, really good that one thing, and that one thing is Solaris. Uh, And what they have just done with this drug is just expanded it in rare disease after rare disease after rare disease. I mean, it's got a price tag of, uh, what, over half a million dollars a year uh, for patients, and it's just for these ultra rare diseases. Um, And you don't really see insurers complaining too much about the cost, because you know they've only got a handful of people um, who have uh, whatever disease it is that Solaris is is treating. in whatever individual case, uh, and you know, uh, um works in kind of that same space, so it makes sense for Alexion. You know, whether or not the price tag makes sense again, you know, we'll, we'll kind of know further on. But it is definitely consistent with their current strategy.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't think any company in biotech has done a better job, if you will, of discovering uh, or increasing, I should say, the patient population that their drug can treat. I mean, yeah. y- you know, you look at what they've done with Soliris, and it's really amazing. I mean, they've taken a drug that, you know, at one point they thought, well, maybe this will try, treat, you know, a, a, less than a thousand people or less, yeah. you know. And now they're generating, I think they're on pace now to do 2.4 billion in sales from that one drug alone. Right. And that's come from, you know, expanding the label to other indications, but it's also come from discovering more patients uh that are afflicted with these uh conditions right. and i think that's one of the reasons they're so interested in buying sinageva because they're looking at sinageva's most uh advanced product which is kanuma that's in front of the fda and the eu regulators for approval those approvals sh- Theoretically should come this year. I think the FDA one's expected in September. Mm. And, you know, the thing that Sajeeva's been saying over and over again is this is an underdiagnosed condition. It treats, uh, basically what it is, what what this drug uh, treats is uh, a very rare um, enzyme deficiency. Okay, so this is an enzyme replacement therapy. Right. And this um, basically is an inherited disease there's no um, it 's called LALD. there 's no approved therapies for it, and what they 're thinking is, okay, if we can get this approval and we 've just bought this company and we already know how to expand patient populations thanks to our experience with Soliris, mm. I bet we can get sales of this to go even higher than people were expecting. Some people think that you know the, the disease again laD you know that 's responsible for things like um, fatty liver disease that can actually you know, cause liver failure, um, et cetera. A lot of people think that people who are diagnosed with ultra-high levels of cholesterols may be being misdiagnosed. They're actually suffering from malalty. So there's a lot of ways that theoretically they could expand and get some extra value out of this. That being said, um, you know, by Synegeva's own admission, you know, they are targeting, you know, they, they, they pulled out basically said, look, look at all the other enzyme replacement therapies that are out there. And on, you know, they typically do in the three to $600 million a year range, okay? Mm-hmm. So if we assume that that's going to be the case with this drug, and assumptions are always a little tricky, then you're still talking about a pretty remarkable valuation um, that Alexion's paying. Nonetheless, they think it's worth it. I mean, they, they think that it's going to be accretive to their earnings within three years. I think they said 2018. So... They see the value in it. Time will tell whether or not that's true.
0: Yeah, and and you know the, the 2018 number. I know I'm sure a lot of folks, particularly if you're familiar with like a valiant pharmaceuticals that is usually trying to uh, have, you know, earnings accretive deals very very quickly. Um, the the 2018 number I'm sure sort of seems like kind of a red flag. But but to my mind, when you've got a drug that isn't yet on the market and it's going to take. You know, a lot of marketing build out. You're going to have to expand your sales force, or at least cross train them. Um, that makes sense. <laughs> and that, yeah, that gonna, you know, when
1: yeah. when Sanofi stepped up and bought Genzyme, another, again, another uh, uh, company that that I guess made its made its uh, notoriety or whatever from from treating you know rare diseases. Right. You know, they they also said it's going to take two or three years before this is a creative turning. So I, I think that you're right, that, you know, where you're talking about a brand new drug that hasn't even hit the market yet, you have to expect that there's going to be some costs associated with getting that up to speed and that it will take a little bit of time. And the other thing is that they think that they're going to be able to save about $150 million in overlapping synergies, you know, by cutting costs here and there from overlapping synergies and all that
0: right yeah um, and, and, and and frankly you know you just you just look at this and, you, and you've got to think you know Alexion I might my, my suspicion for what it's worth is that you know Alexion knows what's doing here um, you know a, again they've turned Soliris has two indications and they've been able to turn it into a a, a multi-billion dollar drug. Um, and I I personally wouldn't bet against them. I know the market is today I think they're down what like 10% or something like that um, as of last time I checked but uh, but I, um, I I will be very interested to watch and I think uh, that uh, September 2015 Padufa date for uh, Kanuma will definitely be a date for investors to circle on their calendars
1: yeah and I think that the other thing that investors should be you know keeping, keeping an eye on or, or paying attention to here is that, you know, these these companies and these deals and these, you know, the drugs that are coming up through there, this is all really fascinating because you're, you're talking about what's going on in healthcare overall. You've got ultra-rare diseases, very small patient populations with huge price tags associated with them. You know, I mean, you've got BioMarin is another one in the space, and, you know, they've got drugs that are selling for $450,000 a year. This is going to be high-priced, too. Orphan drugs are attractive, and and as a result, they do deserve somewhat of a premium, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the market. They get a little bit extra exclusivity. They get a faster, uh, oftentimes a faster review period. There are benefits tax credits that... That they can take advantage of so there's a lot of moving pieces that go into why they would have been paid why they're paying as much as they are for this company versus you know what another biotech may pay for somebody else and right. I think that you know that's something that investors ought to remember
0: Yeah, and and the fact of the matter is, I mean, you know, in in a lot of the market, um, you know, I think particularly in um, financials, utilities, uh, energy, industrials, um, you get a lot. you, You can you can value companies pretty reasonably based on. Uh, the growth curve, you know, what what they're doing in terms of earnings and sales and ca- free cash flow, perhaps what they've been doing for the last few years, what it looks like the next couple of years look like in healthcare and I'd say in tech, it's just it's just difficult, <laughs> frankly, because you you just have um, so much uncertainty about what the future could hold, both to the upside and to the downside. Um, but uh, but Alexion definitely a uh, a a. A generally good company, and uh, and one that I would be hesitant to uh, to bet against, as I've said. Um, I think the uh, a point that you made, Todd, that I, I want to highlight again. You know, rare disease is just it's a it's a it's a growing market. It's a big market, um, and it's one that you've got a lot of uh, folks pretty excited to to get involved in. Um, Shire PLC, which I mentioned earlier uh, in the show. It also plays in rare diseases. Uh, you mentioned Sanofi's uh, Gen Z unit, um, and you've got some other players as well. It's, uh, it's definitely an area where there's an opportunity to really serve a small niche of the population um, and also do very well by your shareholders um, in, at the same time.
1: Yeah, Evaluate Pharma did a study last year, and, you know, they're saying that the compounded annual growth for orphan drugs is probably going to run around 11% a year through 2020. Wow. And that by 2020, you know, that market will be worth about $176 billion. So this is not small by, by you know, <laughs> any measure. Um, and that growth rate is definitely going to be faster than, than the typical prescription uh, drug market. It it may double it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> lots to lots to think about. Um, and and definitely one of the big growth areas in healthcare. Um, that that frankly, one of those sort of big trends in healthcare that folks are going to want to watch uh, over the next few years, along with I'd say, uh, diabetes. Um, you know, here in the United States, of course, the uh, health the uh, increase in health insurance, um, biosimilars. Um, you just got really a number of really big drivers for healthcare over the next. Years and decades um, that we'll want to watch very closely, and Todd, we could probably do a show on each of them. Uh, so that maybe that's something for us to uh, for us to do as as things settle down a bit in the summer. Something to think about. Um, Todd, as always, thanks for your thanks for your uh, your time and uh, and your commentary here. It's always greatly appreciated uh, by me, and I'm sure by our listeners, uh, folks. As always if you have any questions or something on your mind shoot us an email uh, at HC at fullcom that's HC like healthcare at foolcom and uh, we'll be happy to uh, to to feature your question on the show talk about it you know I love getting mail um, and uh, we're happy to do anything uh, you know ask us a question and we will we will do our level best to answer as always, uh, one of the things we're about all about here at the Motley Fool is making sure that everyone is empowered um, and that everyone does their own due diligence. Never, ever, ever buy or sell uh, a stock based on just what you hear uh, on the radio or in a podcast. Always do your own due diligence. Uh, of course, uh, companies that we mention. Um, Either Todd or I could own them or have options on them. Um, As well, The Motley Fool could have an active recommendation or could own shares. Uh, With that said, folks, thank you for listening to Industry Focus uh, today. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you um, on Friday. And until then, check back to fool.com for all your investing needs and fool on.